0: Driving for mediocrity in a world of excellence. This is the Chaser Report.
1: Hello, and welcome to the extra episode of the Chaser Report for Tuesday, the twenty fourth of August. This features the conversation that Charles Firth, Gabby Bolt, and I, Dom Knight, had with the twenty twenty one Australian of the Year, Grace Tame. But for those who don't know, Grace Tame is an extraordinary advocate for survivors of sexual assault, particularly those like her who are abused in institutional settings. Following her experience in school, Grace campaigned to change a law in Tasmania that prevented survivors like herself from speaking out about their experience. The perpetrator could do so, the media could do so, but the survivor's voice was being suppressed. Thanks to Grace's advocacy and the support she got from ordinary Tasmanians, that is no longer the case. It was a real honour to have the chance to speak to Grace about some things that really aren't discussed enough. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Grace, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Oh, Thank you guys for having me.
1: What's it like being Australian of the Year when about half the country is in lockdown and you can't actually go and visit most of it?
0: Well, um, it's, I don't really have any, uh, anything to compare it to, I suppose. Um, <laughs> You know, what what's being the Australian of the year in any circumstance? Yeah,
2: well what what do you do?
0: What do I do? That's a Great question. No, (laughs) I do an awful lot of talking to people, not just, you know, in in the context of public speaking, but, you know, advocacy behind the scenes, privately talking with survivors, but also meeting with relevant policy and decision makers, you know, members of both political parties or all political parties, I should say, there's more than just two, and working towards uh, creating actual structural change, because there are a lot of resources out there that currently exist that are specifically for survivor support but in terms of actual structural change which as we all know is the the real thing that we need to achieve in order for change to stay um, and be permanent you know there's 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 not a lot of organizations out there that are geared towards that so my partner max and i are in the final stages of establishing our foundation the sole purpose of that foundation which will will be to pursue structural change and our sort of initial campaign i suppose is a campaign to achieve national standardised definitions. So currently we've got, including the Commonwealth, nine different jurisdictions and as such we've got nine very different definitions of grooming, for instance. And in fact, in some jurisdictions, grooming isn't even defined at all. We also have nine different definitions of consent and we wonder why we're using milkshakes to try to teach people. (laughs) about it. We also have nine different definitions of sexual intercourse and this is an interesting one because... In those nine different definitions, to be really crude, some of them are just uh, straight like penis entering the vagina. In other definitions, it includes penetration by a foreign object or other part of the body. So we can see in those straight definitions the LGBTQIA plus community are completely left out. We also have nine different definitions of what a child is, so what the age of a child is, and then nine different definitions of what the age of consent to sex is. So in some cases you've got children who are able to consent to sex. And it is important to note that, of course, we don't want to be punishing kids who are in consensual relationships, who are, you know, 16, 17, 18, that sort of bracket. But there are ways to create carve-outs that prevent those unfair punishments from actually happening. But the point is is that there's this glaring inconsistency across the nation and that inconsistency stops us from being able to properly understand each of these things, which therefore impedes our ability to educate the public about them. That's our first campaign. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, we, uh, it's funny because we actually came uh, up against this definitional weirdness um, couple of months I ago. That.
0: I love that description, definitional weirdness.
2: Because, And I won't describe the case, but you might be able to guess. <laughs> there was a whole b- argy-bargy about uh, upskirting, right? So that is a defined legal concept in, in each state, but they all have different definitions for mm. it in each yeah. state. And yeah. the ones in Queensland, the actual definition is so badly – our lawyers said to us, this is such a badly drafted piece of legislation that if someone downpants you without consent – then that is not the same as upskirting, and it doesn't fall within the legislation of what upskirting is. That has caused a lot of problems for a lot of people, um, and I'm sure you might be able to work out what I'm talking about.
3: Well, that, but that, because I actually, so what is upskirting? It's. Taking photos mm-hmm. of women without their cons- usually women without their consent, yeah. um, from below, from below, it is a form of sexual assault. Yeah,
0: and, and also, yeah, I- and it's
3: only it's a very very recent concept in the court of law. Okay.
0: Mm. I was I was going to say I felt really ignorant. No, no, it's uh, yeah, it's I haven't heard the term, and I'm so glad you fi- defined it for me because in my mind, I'm upskirting. I'm thinking this is a carpentry. Yeah, it's, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like a joist. No. Yeah. It's fine.
0: <laughs>
2: I think that might be the definition in Tasmania. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: We're that far behind.
1: Uh. So So you've got to get all of the legal side of things harmonised so that we're all working off the same page. But then I guess there's a question of how do we change behaviours? And the debate that we've had since you became Australian of the Year has focused a lot on this how you actually change people's actions. What do you think we need to do on that front?
0: We really need to be um, open, honest and raw, which is obviously hard to do like on a national stage. For instance, you know, not only did I not have a a very long time when I made my acceptance speech um, at the Australian of the Year Awards, but it's also it's hard to get that graphic uh, in that context Um, And even, you know, when I had a lot longer to talk at the the press club in March, I didn't go into a lot of the gory details. And there's a merit to that because obviously, you know, we need to protect ourselves and I didn't want the media to sensationalise things because there's sensationalism and then there's honesty. Um, But I think it's really about opening people's eyes to just how, um, how insidious sex crimes are. Um, but more so than anything, um, really, really honing in on the psychological manipulation that underpins them. That's our real knowledge gap. Um, These terms like grooming and coercive control and indeed upskirting are still very new terms and our understanding of those things is still lacking. Um, And I think that we need to keep the conversation going around those things.
2: Because that's not really how the media reports on these sorts of crimes, is it? They they sort of tend to focus on the sort of violent details, which is actually not really necessarily...
0: It's the tip of the iceberg, you know, Mm. in, in so many cases. You know, it's in my case, the grooming, the psychological manipulation went on for a period of months. But there are a lot of cases where the grooming is, you know, done over a period of years um, and also, there's the fact that the psychological impacts of those sorts of, you know, those forms of manipulation last long after the abuse itself stops. The cognitive dissonance remains, the the shame and the guilt. It's a it's an ongoing thing, mm. um, and 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 a lot of trauma, especially that you experience as a child, can lie dormant in you because you, as a child. There's a thing like where we, we're exposed to so much shit um, <laughs> that after a point, you just you just stop being surprised by it, and it does, it becomes normal. You are desensitized, often not until we are much older and have life experience in which to contextualize. things that happened when we didn't have a frame of reference that we realize just how bad they are you know for me it's only been in the last four five years that I've had conversations with people and shared details often I do this to Max inadvertently like I'll just say something that's that I've processed or that I hear in my head all the time you know that's just a detail of the abuse and I'll say it out loud really off the cuff and Max will have a visceral reaction to it like it's and that makes me sort of like I feel a little bit. It's not like self pity, but it's like you know, it's confronting when somebody else reacts in that way.
1: It sounds like there's a deprogramming that happens. Yeah, uh, it as is part of the recovery process. In terms of of providing support and um, counselling and all the uh, psychological um, assistance, uh, where are we with that? Are we miles off where we need to be to help people who've been through this?
0: Um, well, again, it's. It's hard to measure. The problem that we're facing at the moment is we're sort of seeing a a mass, like an en masse disclosure where, for instance, my speech triggered Brittany Higgins to come forward and so on and so on. There have been lots of reports by Lifeline and, and other such helplines sharing that they're experiencing an unprecedented number of calls and requests. And I too personally, I get disclosures that I, I can't, that the volume of them is, yeah. you know, it's it's constant. You know, how can we adequately measure at this stage so early on in this shift from total silence Yeah you know, to sort of this explosion of people coming forward. How do we measure something adequately that we have been conditioned for so long to believe is unspeakable? Mm. There are so many hidden cases still. And sadly, we'll we'll never know how many never actually reach that point of feeling ready to disclose their experience.
3: Can I just say, as a woman watching another woman around my age Make the speech that you made and win the award and the acclaim that you have for like it's just like I just think you're fucking incredible, and I think <laughs> what you have done for not only just women worldwide, but what particularly in this country, I, do you think that there that there is a genuine issue with not only how we treat the terms of sexual assault, there not being consistency with how it's discussed, but also just the fact that women in particular are so used to just repressing these horrible things and also we're not educating the boys of this country to also create equilibrium between um gendered violence and everything i I just yeah i it i love you so much but yeah
0: i just (laughs) thank you and you've said some very kind things uh don't know if I'd uh, describe myself in the same way, but I'll, uh, it's all right. That's, that's what we're uh, for. <laughs> I'm supposed to be getting better at taking compliments. So thank you. 100%. That's the thing. So much of our subservience is, as women is subconscious. Yeah. And that is then compounded by the willful, internalised misogyny. Um, You know, we cut these unspoken deals with the patriarchy because we think that's what we need to do to protect ourselves, just to go with the status quo. You know, it's very hard to go out against the crowd. How we break that down, though, is we just have to keep talking about it. Just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and keep making little movements forward but also I'm I'm personally really wary of giving too much into anger even when it's justified because unfortunately you know anger can sort of tire us out it takes a lot of oxygen and um, it can tire us out and it can also be a deterrent to the people that we need to bring on board with our cause I mean it's it is hard to do that though yeah, that's Certainly. why you're such a
3: fucking champion I have no idea yeah. how you do it yeah I just think <laughs> you are such a brilliant example of just the perfect advocate I just you're just amazing
0: I certainly don't have all the answers though that's the thing you know there's a an expectation that the media often has when somebody comes along that they're going to have all the answers they also then in this exact same context they'll expect me to be the perfect victim they'll expect me to be a counsellor yeah when we really need everyone to be involved and everyone to realize that we all, we are all stakeholders in the cause of ending sexual abuse and specifically sexual abuse of children because children are our future. And if we don't wake up to that now, yeah.
2: So I, I know you're not a fan of anger but um, what what signal does it send that Christian Porter was made leader of the house a few weeks ago? <laughs> uh,
0: it's complete, um, complete apathy, I think. Some people might interpret it as ignorance, but I, I think that that would be letting our supposed leaders get off scot-free, pun intended. Good one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it was clearly intentional. It was clearly, you know, he is an alleged rapist.
0: Yeah, and look, accused I, and he, rapist. exactly, he is. He's an alleged rapist. And and,
2: and and what does it say about his values that, that he appointed that guy to? Scott Morrison,
1: mm.
0: Well, yeah. Okay, so the the issue is not really with Christian Porter's character. Um, you know, because of the circumstances surrounding the allegations, um, you know, there, there can't be a case. Mm. Is alleged victim suicided?
2: So, but what does it say about Scott Morrison?
0: Yes. Yeah, so again, it's it's not it's not about it's not about Christian Porter. He's a very obvious scapegoat. Mm. Um, You know, he's someone that is, is easily thrown under the bus because, you know, the Prime Minister Scott would know that he would again be vilified. Regardless of whether or not someone has committed a crime, such as rape. if they're holding a position of public trust, they need to demonstrate their worthiness of that. And in this case, the bare minimum that... Scott Morrison, like the bare minimum course of action that Scott Morrison could have undertaken was to allow an independent inquiry. And he has repeatedly rejected an independent inquiry. That to me speaks volumes. That is cover up culture in full flight. And then that's not even to mention the ABC debacle.
1: Mm. You mentioned that part of your job is having conversations and one of the amazing things about you being named Australian of the Year and there were lots of other amazing people in the room but it just meant that we as a nation were going we committed to having this conversation uh, for the next 12 months and it was just an incredible moment when that announcement was made what's your relationship with Scott Morrison like do you feel he listens to you just, uh, has he made any commitments I mean where are we at with this conversation because um, he's committed to change what he does he comes out and says that he will Um, but I can see you know, from the Christian Porter decision eh, that sends a very different message. So what are the prospects of working with this government?
0: That remains to be seen, doesn't it? Look, I've met with, um, I've been acting in good faith and will continue to act in good faith because um, although I'm a firm believer in speaking out and calling out injustice when I say it, which is, again, something that I'll continue to do, um, I'm also a believer in ultimately like the bigger picture is is the most important thing. I'm a utilitarian, you know, the greater good is. That's that's the most important thing. And I'm prepared to put aside some personal grievances. In some cases, in other cases, I do have to draw a line in the sand. Um, but in the interest of this campaign to get uniformed, national, standardised definitions, um, I did actually meet with the Federal Attorney General, Michaelia Cash. Um, you know, even though I do not condone her, her um, complicity in in... in Certain things that have that have transpired, um, you know, and her failure to reach out to Brittany Higgins, I think that's just, I don't know, that's beyond. That's you know, and I, I've I've met with uh, the minister for for families and social services, Anne Ruston. Um, I've I've met with um, a number of other policy and decision makers, and I talked to to every all the parties, um, and I'll continue doing that. Um, but it is it is hard. I I think that. Um, You know, if I'm being really honest, I don't think that the current government really cares. I don't think that they're running the country so much as a campaign to stay in power. Hmm.
3: Fuck, you're cool. Sorry. I, you're so cool. (laughs) All right.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: You obviously care so much about your cause and you you work with such passion and you're so wonderfully spoken. Do you ever think about Running politically, or do you are you happy just doing your activism?
0: As you can see, as you can see, politics is a dirty game. It's inherently dirty. You can't. There's no such thing as a clean politician. Yeah. I don't think. Um, you know, if, all you need to do is read Power Play by Julia Banks. She's a fantastic um, writer, actually. Um, but that just that that's all the sort of information that you need. You know, again, it's it's not about, or at least this is how it is today. Um, you know, with such a, 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 I guess, flippant culture, you know, the, the instant gratification is at an all-time high in our society and so our politics reflects that. And so people become more and more desperate. Um, you know, there's not this longevity for politicians that that they used to be. Um, there's also not the same standards um, as we can see. You know, it's a very different... Fickle, even more fickle um, place to be. And that's certainly just not, I couldn't do it. Be, I'm too stubborn with my principles. Um,
2: yeah. You'd run for a second term as Australian of the Year. Can you do that? Oh, that'd be amazing.
0: <laughs> I don't think they'd want, I don't, I don't know, they're too, too uh, stoked about the.
2: Is, is it true that they held an inquiry, that Scott Morrison launched true. an in- inquiry into how you got appointed?
0: It is true. <laughs>
2: But they didn't have an inquiry into Britney Higgins or, or into Christian Porter yeah. thing.
1: Couldn't yeah. Couldn't you have just been a cricket captain who just um, waved the flag and, and said nice things about mateship? That would have been much easier for everybody. Grace.
0: No, and I can play cricket. Why not do both? Well, there you go, all rounder.
2: That's how you get your second term. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I wouldn't mind
3: asking you just as a little side note. Like in terms of comedy and stuff, do do you have any like favorites?
0: Is there anything that you or like books or? Yeah, well, I mentioned him off air, Bill Bailey. I love Bill Bailey. Ricky Gervais is nice, he's a naughty man. Yeah. Um, but gosh, he's funny. <laughs> um, who else? Chaser. <laughs> don't try and plug the show on the show, Charles. Oh, all of you guys, all of you guys. No, um, I don't know. There's just so many. I love yeah. great Australian. There's some great Australian Canadians And
1: have Cal you Hall. met? Have you met Hannah Gadsby as part of your? Um,
0: oh, I haven't. She's Tasmania.
1: Being an incredibly famous Tasmanian, yeah, she's just down the road.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know where she is actually. I would. I would love to meet around the block. Hannah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would
0: you have one? Well, not
3: one. You have absolutely earned and uh, deserved and received one of the highest accolades in the country. Did you ever find any moments after winning that where people would try and downplay it to you? Uh, yeah. Me? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, I'll be really honest with you. Until I arrived at the awards in Canberra, um, I didn't realise how big this was. Until I arrived and saw... All of the posters of the previous winners of australian of the year mm-hmm. you know you're talking of paul hogan's and such um, you're john farnham's um, your classic aussie yeah. legends um, you know many great <laughs> females up there as well you kathy freeman's and and such you know i, I was sort of because to me i've never been driven by um accolades or or awards i just i've got this sort of one burning goal and that's to help people and to to um you know, uh, create positive change, you know, and to, to work alongside people who are like-minded. And that's not to say that I don't appreciate this, you know, oh, beyond measure I am grateful for the the opportunities that have come as a result of this, um, you know, the the application of the platform but also the, the um, you know, intensity of the connections now that I'm, I'm sort of making with people. Like I am getting to work with people who, really are driven and motivated like I am. You know, but all you need to do, honestly, is go on Twitter and someone calls you, you know, complainer of the year and you're like. There it is. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry about that. It's just the worst. I hate it. I hate Twitter. It's a hellscape. There's someone someone dug up a picture of me flipping the bird uh, and I'm like in a bikini or something. It was taken years ago and, and I've, been, I've made it no secret that I've battled demons and continue to battle demons and i've backgrounded myself effectively you know trauma survivors like it's very common that that you engage in maladaptive coping mechanisms and anyway this person has made this big tweet about how i um you know must must clearly have been on drugs um and (laughs) just you just go what people have time to do that you just wonder
1: there's nothing more Australian than flipping the bird.
0: I always just, I, I, I always look at that. I come those things from a place of compassion, though, because when I think about it, what darkness, what unresolved darkness mm. must there be inside of somebody to lead them to, to 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 want to be so awful, you know, without without a point to it. You know, it's one thing to criticize our leaders. They 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 in a way, ask for it, but they put themselves out there. They run for politics and they say, you know, I'm going to be accountable for this, this and this. But it's another thing for um, people to just, just tear shreds off an individual for no reason. And I think that, that that's something we have to feel sorry for those people.
1: Gosh, that's generous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I don't have to hang out with them. So, <laughs> yeah, <that's great. laughs>
1: so, so Grace, it sounds like you've got plans for beyond... January next year, you're going to start a foundation. Is this going to be your life's work?
0: Oh, I don't know. I've also got plans to start a family with Max over here. So oh, oh. see what happens. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to stop. I don't know what what exactly what the future looks like. Nobody does. And I've got goals and I, I'm like I said, I'm stubborn and I will stick to them and I'll do whatever I need to do in order to achieve them. And I'll just, you know, go with the flow. There's certainly merit to planning um, to a certain extent. But, you know, all we can ever do as human beings is take one step at a time. By doing so, we hopefully stay grounded in the present moment and resist becoming overwhelmed by a bigger picture that hasn't even fully formed yet. Wow. Anyway, that's just, <laughs> my, that's just my thoughts. <laughs> but, uh,
2: what can what can other people do? Like What can we do? Like it sounds like you've got this whole idea of deprogramming the legal system in a way. And yeah. You've- and it sounds like there's a bit of a job to deprogram politics and take the mm. toxic masculinity It'll take out a while. That. But what what about ordinary schmoes like us? Where do we fit in with well, the Grace I'm, Tame plan?
0: A great point to start is I will not allow you to refer to yourself as an ordinary schmo. <laughs> Nobody is an ordinary schmo.
2: Not even me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've not even a long time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's... Like I always encourage people to um, not think of contributions and interactions as isolated or finite, but 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 as being like links in a chain, or um, dominoes in a line, or tiny sparks in an unbroken current of electricity. You know, you have the potential to be a catalyst. I'll give an example. So it was 2019, um, before the law in Tasmania that silenced child sexual abuse survivors, was actually changed. I was granted an exemption to the law, um, which made me the first female Tasmanian um, child sexual abuse survivor to win the right to their public voice. Um, And to celebrate the occasion, Nina Fennell, the journalist who created the Let Her Speak campaign, she gave me a bound collection of the first 5,000 out of a total 8,154 signatures on the petition to change the law, And often, like we've talked about, you know, numbers and stats, they're hard to comprehend without an optic reference. So I'll give you an optic reference. This book of signatures, 5,000, is the size and depth of an old phone book. It was literally just name after name written on each page. Wow. And so thousands of people signed that, and each one of those is just a signature, but all together – it was this huge collective piece of solidarity, literally a physical piece of solidarity that ended up changing the law. So whenever you see a petition and you think, uh-huh, my signature's not going to mean anything on this or, you know, you get asked to donate to this, that and the other cause, don't think of it as an isolated thing. Think of it amongst this huge, ever-growing collective force that's creating change.
2: That's extraordinary. You've, you've found hope.
0: Yeah, somewhere.
2: How, I don't know how you did that.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm a stubbornly optimistic person though as well, sometimes cool. to a fault. I think it can frustrate people. I tend to be too glass half, more than glass half full. I'm glass overflowing.
3: <laughs> That's I'm incredibly I'm, I'm
0: impressive. am overflowing and I'm <laughs> making a mess.
1: <laughs> Given what you've had to spend the past, you know, seven months, eight months talking about every single day, just pushing this stone up a hill, <laughs> it's incredible to hear how optimistic you are about it.
0: For all that I've lost... Over the years and, you know, for all the pain and re-traumatisation of this year specifically, you know, I've gained all of it and more in return simply by being able to connect with people and see in real time the impact that myself alongside the rest of the nation are making. Like I walk down the street and people will come up to me and they will tell me their stories and they haven't told anyone their whole lives and they're in their 60s. And these are people who thought they were going to go to their graves with this secret that was chewing them up from the inside out and they're free now. That's a privilege to witness that.
1: That's extraordinary. Well, there you go. There's a conversation we needed to have, Grace, and um, thank you so much for your leadership of it and all the work that you do. And um, Mm -hmm. we're all very touched that you made the time to talk to us. um,
0: Oh, I'll come on, anytime. You guys are careful. We'll take you up on that. (laughs) That's one of the pillars that's got me here, though, really, is is being able to laugh and more importantly than anything else, being able to laugh at yourself. I'll spare you the grooming jokes um, because I don't think we're quite ready for that.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks so much, Grace. Um, Great to meet you and thanks for, you know, all that you do.
0: No worries. Back at you guys.
1: There's a bunch of stuff in the other episode that we put out today. If you want to check that out, along with an excerpt to the chat that you just heard. And we're back first thing tomorrow morning with another new episode. Our gear is from Rode Microphones, and we're part of the Acast Creator Network.